Just to let you know, we might be using some of our grown-up words on this episode. So if you have any kids or co-workers around, you might want to think about putting them to bed a little early tonight. Wait. And this is Lisa. And this is Designated Parent. A podcast where we look at children's programming through the lens of adult beverages. Cheers. Cheers. Very dainty. Very Very dainty. Dainty clinking. Little coops that we Mm -hmm. have here. Is this a coop? Is that what this is? This is a coop glass. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a vintage coop glass. And by vintage, she means she bought them at Goodwill. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) These were from uh, one of our friends' friends was moving. Yes. And this is a a split up of like an estate sale. And there were like 16 of them. And we got four and someone else got four and they got four. So like we can all cheers together like across the globe. So if you're listening, right? You know, you know who you are. You know who you are, friends. Pause. Go get your glass. Yeah. And we'll do it again. Put, Crank, put two one. full ounces of booze in it. And then three, two, one. You're with us now. We're having aviations. Yes, we are. Because uh, the people, you know, between two wars and a depression, like I feel like you had to live it up. I like to say we're not between two wars and a depression, but it seems like we're probably we're not 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 between wars and depressions. Right, right. Most people I know are somewhat depressed. (laughs) The rest aren't paying attention. Yes, that's not that's not what we meant. But anyway, um, but all that to say, aviations are delicious. I always love the little light blue purple that they turn. Mm -hmm. It's a very cute color with the cream de lilet. Is that it? Lilet. The it's it's cream de violet. Violet. It's 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 a violet liqueur. Somebody was like, "Hey, that's a pretty flower. I bet I can drink that shit." I mean, we have been drinking shit from the ground since like day one. Most people believe the impetus for agriculture was not bread, but beer. But beer, because like we, you need so much fucking wheat for beer. <laughs> well, the thing is, we have evidence of view, brewing bats vats for beer mm-hmm. before we have evidence of baking. Of baking ovens, because um. The the process is, is different and equally complicated, but it requires much less heat. Yeah. And so you you don't have to, to bake. It's um, kind of as, a fire and forget method. Right. As hot or as long. Mm-hmm. So you just got to molt it. And then it's assumed that probably, you know, as part of failed beers mm-hmm. or, you know, you know. I mean, that's that's like halfway to bread. Yeah. That's We're like, what the fuck it. is this? We're like, I don't know. Let's just put flour in it and like heat it up and eat it for breakfast. And you're like, sure, man. Sure. And every culture figured that shit out. <laughs> it's true. But it's anyway. true. But no, I'm, I, I subscribe to the theological position that uh, alcohol is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Yes. Beer specifically. Beer specifically. Um, but all alcohols. Mm-hmm. Because what is, like, gin, but, like, we figured out beer, we figured out potato beer, 
We figured out potato bill, beer, and distilling. Right. You're like, how about we put some trees in there? Like, what would it taste like with trees? <laughs> and you're like, turns out, delicious. Yes. That's the answer. It That's would be delicious. Gin. Mm-hmm. It's vodka with trees. I do love gin. I do love our little local, um, mm-hmm. our little local ginnery. This is, is this Bella Dayton? Yes, this is Bella Dayton. Bella Dayton, if you're out there and you're listening. And you want to sponsor this podcast? As opposed to having me sponsor you, <laughs> which I don't think seems to be a lucrative agreement for you, but. Yes, uh, we we would love that. We would love it. I would, I would rep your shit so hard. <laughs> uh, I stood in line to buy their rye mm-hmm. on Friday. I uh, went out with a friend and. Um, stood in line, bought two bottles of rye. You're like sneakerheads, but with uh, but with rye. Yeah, I mean it was a limited release. It was a thing, and so I got it. And did they have like one bottle per person, or two? One, two did you buy two bottles? I bought two bottles. Okay, good. So I've got one in the in the cart right now that I've been working on, and, and one, one stashed it, away. One, yeah, one in the pantry for our reserves. Yes, and so it's. Fucking delicious. It's peppery and spicy and a little bit rough, but I mean, like rye not is, challenging. Rye is like rye has some bite. Mm-hmm. Rye is never described as smooth or no, no. you know, like bourbon bourbon can be smooth and yeah. like caramely and buttery. Yeah, buttery. I'm thinking like a basil uh, hayden is a very buttery kind basil of Basil Hayden is has some bite. A little bit. Uh, but. But like a bullet or a four roses can be like, mm, yeah, more like, more like a like a caramely. Especially uh, like four roses single cask. I'm thinking of mm-hmm. is real can be really caramely and and smooth. right, not sweet, but like, but but smooth and rich. Well, and then and like this is more your Maker's Marks and your Jack Daniels's tend to be pretty sweet and pretty. I mean, smooth. sweet is a real like bunny quote. Thing. Yeah. Like it's sweet for bourbon. But it's not sweet for, like, a Starbucks drink. No, 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 it's not. Which has 17 teaspoons of sugar in it. Fair, fair, fair. Or tablespoons. Something. Something atrocious. Like, you make a fucking cake with what is in a Frappuccino. But anyway. Anyway, so how's your week going? Uh, week's okay. My work has been really good. That's good. I've been getting... Getting shit done? Getting shit done. Looking like you know your business? Yeah. I closed out a bunch of projects, and I'm like, look at me! I did all my shit. And your uh, boss is like, I fives. Like, <laughs> and my boss is like, I see you closing projects. Good job. <laughs> so, like, how different is that from your previous job, where your boss was just basically, like, nagging you all the time and being uh, like, oh, so you closed the project. Well, that wasn't the right it's call. A, it's about time. Um, I don't know, man. It's... It makes it makes a big difference. I'm sure it does. In liking your job. Like and it annoyingly, it's essentially the same job. Like you mix and heat shit and <laughs> test it. Right. Not to right. simplify your job. No, that hundred percent is what I do. And then people are like, Hey, I want to make this out of this and I'm like, You should make it out of that and they're like, That shit's expensive, I'm gonna do what I want and I'm like, You're gonna be sorry. And then six months fuck later Fuck around, find out. Fuck around and find out. And then six months later they call me. They're like, they're we like, found out. Yeah, turns out I was sorry. No. They're like, turns out that was a bad call. And I'm like, I'm forwarding you the email where I said. Per my last per email. my last email, bitches. Uh, so that's my job. <laughs> which is, per my last email, which is like, 
office beats for bitch can you read bitch can you read yeah <laughs> yeah i'm here for that yeah i'm working on uh my work basically is you know not to spill too many secrets is um that's not working and then we don't know how to make it work. We like, don't know how to make it work. But we also sold you the fact that it worked. So now, so now, I now am... you are building the plane while it's flying, and you're just like, it's fine. It'll all be fine. It's it'll, fine. It'll be great. And I've got another project where I'm testing new software, and I'm like taking my sweet ass time and putting it through all the fucking rigors I can think of. Right, right. Trying to trying to design a robust product because like. I like sleeping at night. I do. I don't like my phone ringing in the middle of the night and being like... Absolutely not. Hey, why the fuck am I... You know, I, and we do stuff for like hospitals and shit where it's like, we can't print prescriptions. And I'm like... Right, right. If you shut a hospital down, like people could die. So, um... None of my stuff is that important. <laughs> yeah. And to my knowledge, no one has died as a result of my software going down. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge. <sighs> But, like, it would be a thing. It just takes a long time for them to get admitted. Also, for the record, um, we're completely indemnified beyond the cost of the software itself. So, like, whatever. Like, best they're getting is a refund for that yes. year's service contract. So, But, yeah, weeks, my week's good. Uh, next week, the kids all go to camp. Um, so I'm like, hey. And by the kids, you also mean me. Yes, the kids and you go to camp. Um, so I will have, like, three days at home by myself. Uh, but I didn't, it was a real swing and a miss. I did not take any time off. Like, I should have been like, I want to take a day off. I'm taking off like, Wednesday, and right. I'm just going to lay around the house pantsless. Right, I'm going to get a pedicure. I'm going to, like... Well, like, you could still, like, Tuesday night, you could get a... So, I'm only gone Tuesday through Friday. Mm -hmm. So, like, Tuesday night, you could get a pedicure. Wednesday night, you could meet some friends for dinner. Thursday night, you could... Thursday night, I have a... Uh, it's like a it's like a wine and painting party, but with calligraphy. Yes. Script so and slip. It, it's, a, it's a script and slip, uh, like, calligraphy class. Do you need to borrow my nice pens? I, oh, maybe. I don't know. I, I have a flex nib. It's, it's so far away. Um, but maybe I might, I might take all your pens. I mean, I'm going to throw a flag on the word all. <laughs> you can't take all my pens. I have so many pens and I love them like children. Uh, but I can ink up a couple of good ones for you. Then uh -huh. you could, you could bring them with you. I would not mind that. And they'd be like, and you, they'd be like oh, so you already into fountain pens. And you're like, my husband. My husband got real into fountain pens in the pandemic. And I was like, Sure. Pursue fucking handwriting as a hobby. Sure, man. <laughs> How expensive can that shit be? You know. Substrink awkward. I know. Day. I was like, I should have told you to pursue napping. Like, na oh, I, napping, napping is, is a hobby that I can get behind. It requires no new equipment. Uh <laughs> I'm going to buy a hammock stand and prove you wrong on that. I mean. It's extreme napping. It's outdoor it's napping. Outdoor napping. Yes. Um... But anyway, Adam has gotten into fountain pens. His mm -hmm. handwriting is now like the fucking Declaration of Independence, but only when he wants it to be. Yeah, if I uh, take that time. If he, you know, has a meeting and takes notes, like no, it's like hieroglyphs. Like no one knows what the fuck that is. Um, not true. I'm forcing myself to take uh cursive notes in meetings. Ooh, all of my D and D notes for my sessions have been in cursive, mm -hmm. and it made one of our. Are your nerds like? Okay, man. <laughs> so it's funny because I was sitting next to one of my uh, 
one of my compatriots there who's in the thing and he takes all of his notes in excel Uh he just has an excel document that he tracks everything in and they're watching me scribble like a lappy 186 yeah well i mean it's nice than that but yeah but i'm like you know i'm doing my calligraphy you know declaration of pendants writing and then he's got like a spreadsheet and they're like Huh, they're really archetypes of nerds. I'm like... <laughs> like, very old school, very, very new school. But also, but like... But you're not a Luddite. Oh, no. By any means. You're, if anything, an early adopter. I'm running iOS 16 right now and iPad 16 right now, uh, which are the updated beta softwares for my iPad and my iPhone. Meanwhile, I will, like, break a phone and then be like, I don't want a new phone! You have to make it work. <laughs> you can make it work, and you're like, uh, this is a flip phone. Like, either you're a time traveler, where did, or... Where did you even find this? Where did you even find this? How is it connected to this any operating... This is a lot of money on eBay. <laughs> uh, no, they're not. No, they're not. No, we're shit. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I am cutting edge. I am a little too cutting edge sometimes, and it, it drives me nuts, because I'm like... So I've rewired our network in our house, and they're like, nothing fucking works. I'm like, <laughs> it'll work in a couple days. Yes, but I'm working from home but today. But today, it doesn't work. It does not work. So I need you to figure that shit out yesterday. Yes. So. But yeah, uh, it's going good. It's going well. We have failed to go to Kings Island, Two our times. local park. Um, we were supposed to go tonight, but we're recording this. It rained. <sighs> Stormy storms. I did check. There were rains from, like, basically there was lightning in the area from, like, 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So everything would have been shut down. Right. And then I we were going to go Sunday, but our kids, like, bitched and moaned and whined. We have gone to the Sioux on Saturday with another really close, awesome friend. Right. Hi, if you're listening. Hi. And so they were like, we're tired. It's Father's Day. Maybe we should just stay home and play board games. And I was like, son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> That sounds great. And I was like, it's fine. You're figuring out food because I'm not fucking cooking. Right. And we did. And it was fine. Yeah. Everybody was cool. And it was good. It was fine. It was fine. Our kids were like, oh my gosh, we have so much time. What are we going to do? And we like played one board game. Right. And then somebody made cookies and that was it. Yeah. Like the day was shot. And they're like, we didn't have that much time. I was like, time. welcome I was to like, every day of my life. Yeah, welcome to the linear progression of time, bitches. Yeah, well, the problem is our kids, like, right now they're on summer vacation, mm-hmm. and every day is 12 fucking hours of nothing. Right, time is stretchy. So they wake up at, like, you know, 9 o'clock, they go to bed at, like, 9 o'clock, and, like, read and shit, and the problem is they just, they have nothing to fill the time. And I get that, but also fill the fucking time. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> like take a walk, go next door and knock on your friend's door right. and see if right. they can play. Get real into like, you know, a bizarro shape-shifting, you know, sci-fi kid series. <sighs> What's that one? I don't know. Avatar? I don't know. One of our kids is rewatching Avatar militantly. Yes, one of our kids is rewatching Avatar militantly. They're also super into like baking competition shows. Uh, Iron dis- Chef is like the shit they, in our house right now. They have discovered Iron Chef America and they are like losing their goddamn minds. <laughs> I may have introduced them. Okay. <laughs> that was how that happened. I was like, 
because they they're Benedict nailed it for some time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you aware of like the history of cooking shows? Like, do you, like do you want to watch a cooking show where everyone knows what they're doing? And they're like, I mean, I don't really see the appeal. And I was like, well, <laughs> let me show you an episode. And they watch an episode and like, oh my god, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I found out our oldest watches Great British Bake Off. Yes. And he's like, it's really cool because it's really chill. But if I need it to be a little more exciting, I can watch it on 1.25 speed. <laughs> he watches on 1.5 speed if he, like, wants a little more, you drama. know, pizzazz and drama. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Die. I couldn't possibly love this kid more, but then he does shit like that. And I'm just like, <laughs> there it is. My heart grows three sizes. Yeah. This day. Yeah, so, like, I'm glad you found something that works for you. It's fantastic. I love you. You're fantastic. So we watched a movie. We did. We watched a movie in two shifts. This was, I started this Sunday night, and our kids absolutely revolted. So I finished because I was taking notes mm-hmm. uh, while you played board games with our kids. No, I, hel- I helped in the cookie making. Oh, I helped in the cookie making. And then when I came upstairs, you were playing, I think, Dutch Blitz. Yes. And I think badly. Um, yes. I had to correct you on that, but uh, I was like, I didn't read the instructions. I just kind of made it up, and it seems to be I working. Di- I didn't make it up. I was I was teaching it the way someone else taught me. Yeah, I gotta check in with them. They're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so I came up and you were doing that. But I we watched the Goonies mm-hmm. over two nights. What is your experience with this movie? Okay, um, I only remember it being on like in the periphery of my childhood. Like I don't have like any it, I don't have any memories where like I sat down and watched the Goonies. I think this was one of those shows that was on USA hard rotation. Yeah, it was on USA hard rotation. I I remember certain scenes. Oh yeah. Um also there are certain scenes I absolutely do not remember. Ah, uh, yes. Oh yeah. I like maybe that is USA. Mm-hmm. Uh and you're like, "Oh, it is, you know, Edited to fit your screen, and also we took out half of the movie. And also to run in the time allotted, and for content. And for content. Yes, there's always and for content. Yeah, like I definitely remember um, I was grown. Not grown, grown-ish, like 20-something, 25 maybe, and I watched Footloose on USA, and they had cut so much of it that there was a flashback that I didn't... They flash back to things that didn't happen. <laughs> like, I was like, none of, none of this stuff happens. <laughs> right. So, like, I think The Goonies was one of those movies that was super hard in syndication. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see why. It's got that, like, kids Indiana Jones feel. Right. It's, it's, it's kids Indiana Jones. A hundred percent. And, you know, if you were looking to capture some bored, prepubescent child, children, mm-hmm. this is a great movie to jump in. Uh, I love this movie also because it has amazingly young Sean Astin. Sean Astin is so fucking talented. It makes me angry. Yeah. It makes me angry. You're (laughs) wrecking the fucking curve for everyone else out there. How talented uh, this kid was as like a 10 year old. Also, like, he like, he did, he did this. I mean, he had fucking Rudy. Right. Uh, which is an amazing film. That's like a football movie you would enjoy. I mean, I did watch Rudy. And did you enjoy it? Because it it's it fine. Sean Astin. Yeah, it's fine. Which is more than you can say for any other movie except The Replacements because Keanu. Keanu Reeves, man. Like, 
Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Sean Aston. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, coming in second to Keanu, like, it's, it's you gotta be... Not, you, honestly, not that bad. Like, you, you, know, you should... Take be, a bow. You should be pleased at your position, sir. Um... Then he did like the Lord of the Rings films, but he did he was he did stuff before, oh, like in he, between. Uh, he did the Color of Magic, right? He he was the brother in Fifty First States, and he was hilarious. Oh yeah, <laughs> like this man, like he cannot fail. But also after Lord of the Rings, he was just like I'm hanging it the fuck up. Like I guess I'm just Samwise Gamgee, and no one's gonna remember who I am. But like also he doesn't need to like yes Yes. he's i'm sure his bank account is absolutely fine Mm -hmm. um he's yeah so it has sean astin in it uh it has Corey feldman Corey feldman god can you like get a better that is a real touchstone like Corey Feldman in a movie, you're like, okay, so this is in the, like, these ten years. Yeah, like, this is where we are. Before Hollywood broke him as a person. <sighs> and, like, I can't I can't blame him for where he no, is No, no, not at all. Like, at he, all. there's some bullshit in that whole mm-hmm. situation that he needs to recover from, and I support him in Right, that. I wish him, I wish him well. But he's a real fucking charming kid. He is. Like, he is even, even as, like, a... A 13-year-old, 10-year-old, he was, like, just oozing charm and charisma. Yeah, and then, like, he kind of, like, he's, he's, he does stuff. He's in Stranger Things. He's the voice of the narrator. Corey Captain- Feldman is in Stranger no, Things? No, sorry, that's Sean Aston. Sean Aston is in Stranger Things? I jumped backwards. <laughs> Sean I don't know. I didn't watch Stranger Things. So. He's, in, he's, he's in Stranger Things. Oh, uh, as himself? No. It's Bob. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was in Big Bang Theory. He was in, like, he's in a lot of shit. He's the voice, uh, Sean Astin's the voice of the narrator in the Captain Underpants shows. Uh, I thought that was Patton Oswald. I do get them confused. In voice mode. In, vo- in voice, like, in, in their, their faces, like, if... If I see their faces, I know who they are. But their voices are similar. Sure. So, I mean, Sean Penn, if you are listening and you're like, we sound totally different, like, please call me and, like, side by side, we can read a script. Sean Aston, you're welcome in my bedroom anytime <laughs> to record a episode of the podcast. 100%. I'm going to just have you read my outgoing voicemail. Um, and I'll just switch you off, and I'll see if other people can tell the difference. Also, if you could do it in the narrator from Captain Underpants' voice, that would yes, be... Yes, please, and thank you. Yes. Um, Corey Feldman, no, he's uh, he's done a lot of shit. Um, yeah. He's not, again... But anyway, Corey Feldman, and then um, Josh... Brolin? Brolin. Fucking Thanos. <laughs> I told my kids I'm like Thanos is in this movie and they're like really? And then like this little like 16 year old kid walks around straight and they're like that's him. Like, in like sweatpants and they're like Thanos wouldn't wear sweatpants. Or that headband. Or that headband. And What's like, with that t-shirt that's like cut off mid like and then he's got another t-shirt underneath. Why is he wearing shorts over his sweatpants? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> You can wear shorts or you can wear sweatpants. Why would you wear two things? <laughs> Seems like a lot of work. A lot of stuff to keep clean. I'm yes. like, point of order, it's not clean. Um, but yeah, he's in this. Um, uh, Kehu Kwan is in this. Mm-hmm. Which, 
He did like two things. Right, he did and then fucking he, disappeared. He did the Goonies and uh then he was in Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Right. Um and then he was like, you know what? Fuck, Fuck you. You guys. you guys are all like racist assholes. And they're like, We are racist assholes, but we'll pay you. And he's like, nah, dude. No, it turns out the checks from these two things <laughs> will keep me going pretty good. Or, like, it was not worth it, you know? Yeah, he did do some other stuff, but nothing really major. Yeah, more like art house, thing, like, clearly projects he believed in. Or possibly, like, straight B-movie shit. Like, right. where he's just like, no one's gonna see this, but, like, I know a guy that's producing it, so, like... Right, well, that that's, I believe in this. You yeah. know, like... I, or I need to keep my sad card going. Yeah, I need the health insurance. Um, and then he he came back as everything every everything everywhere all, all at once, once like, which I've heard truly nothing but amazing things about. Yeah, I don't know if I have just the mental fortitude to watch it. So first, I've thing, heard it's a lot. We're gonna have to watch it sober. That that's a whole that's, that's a big, a big ask. ask. That's a big ask. It really Michelle is. <laughs> But Who uh, I, I love in everything I've ever seen her in, but God yes, but yeah I don't know like, mm-hmm. but no this is a movie that's got like it's got some legit fucking chops right as children to children chops. Uh, well, some of the adults are not bad. Like I, you know. Mama Frontinelli. Right. She was in Throw Mama from the Train. Mm-hmm. And she was in something else. I don't know. But she's always like that, like, mean mom. Totally. I'm sure she's a lovely person. Yeah. Uh, jo- Joe Pantalonio is in his. Right. Um, Who would go on to be Cypher in The Matrix Yeah, films. you were like, he's Cypher in The Matrix. And I was like, I don't see it. I don't see any of it. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I, I, I don't know who. I don't know who that is. I mean, mm-hmm. I know who that is, but I don't. I cannot. If it was like a police lineup time, uh, young Joe, what was his name? Joe Pantanelio. Pantoliano? Yeah. Pantoliano? If we were in Looper, I would not be able to pin like young Joe's crimes on old Joe. No. At all. You you've had a real transformation, but like first of all, like wild did you pull out Looper in this whole conversation? <laughs> what the fuck? You and like four other people saw that. I think one of them's here. So like, good for you. I don't even think I saw Looper because I was like, that'll give me nightmares. But I'm familiar with the premise. Yeah. Anyway, but like, good for that. But like, he's in this movie. Like, there's a lot of kind of mid yeah. mid to high grade people in this film and it's good but anyway so this movie has more than just actors it has what we call a plot oh it boy does it have a plot it's a lot of plot it's like plotty make plot face so the plot of this is to be to be short there's a group there's like a area of Somewhere Washington, I believe, or Oregon. Right, definitely Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest. Vibes. And they're going to get bulldozed for a golf course. The kids for those, that neighborhood, are all, they call themselves the Goonies. Right, from the Goondocks. Yeah, well, the Goondock is the house 
Sean Astin's house, mm-hmm. as they call it. They, the, wait, that's the Goondocks? I thought there was, like, docks no. that they called the Goondocks. No, I believe it's just his house. That's what they call it. And Why? What? I mean, we're I mean, first the, off talking about, like, the pool of, 12-year-old kids. Yes, the pool of John Astin is strong. but <laughs> John Astin is strong. But, like... He would name the whole neighborhood of misfits? No. so Based I, on his house? I think they called themselves the Goonies. Mm-hmm. And then they decided that their headquarters was this house. Was the Goondocks. And so they needed to come up with that. And send okay. the Boondocks, they called it the Goondocks. Right, right. Because they watched that movie way too young. The Boondocks? Yeah. Boondock Saints, maybe? <laughs> sure. None of that was a thing in 1980-whatever-the-fuck this was. I don't know. God. Anyway, um, that's a wild cut, too. <laughs> I'm like, I love you I more am, and more. I am nothing but deep cuts that no one understands. <laughs> I love you so much, because I understand them. Thank you. And you've completely, you're a little heart thing on my chest. Just, just like, like show. Just like a two-hand heart. Two-hand heart. I love you, too, baby. I love you. Um, but no, so this movie starts with um, them kind of, well, actually, this movie starts with a prison break. Yes, it starts with a prison break. It starts with a fake fucking hanging. Yeah, this is a movie ostensibly for children. Ostensibly. Steven Spielberg, if you're listening, revisit that. What the fuck? You've done better children's films since then, so I assume... Like, for example, Schindler's List. Hard to scream. (laughs) (laughs) This is a better children's film. I don't... Make children's put that on the box of the that's, DVD. That's my that's my caveat. I don't think he understands children or what is appropriate for them. I'm running through my catalog of Steven Spielberg moves. E.T. Um, I don't. I mean, and like maybe not children, but like family films. You know, like this. I would I would put this in the family film category. It, yeah, I would say it's a family film. Um, and I'm now like pulling up the list of Steven Spielberg films. Uh, Back to the Future. Okay, which our kids watched, and we definitely had like a real conversation about consent and rape culture. Mm, fair. Um, the Indiana Jones films. Okay. He's an executive producer for Shrek. Oh, I mean, Shrek, Shrek. Mostly because it was done by DreamWorks, which Shrek, he partially Shrek's owned. So, like, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, BFG? Oh, I don't think I've ever seen Big Friendly Giant. No one has. <laughs> oh, sorry, Steven. Uh, Gremlins? No, I never saw Gremlins. I was like, this is going to give me fucking nightmares for my whole life. Uh, Hook. Hook. Again, it's ostensibly a kid's film, but, like, I mean, Hook, go some wild places. Hook is great, though. Hook is great. Uh, 1941. Not a kid's film, but, like, fucking awesome. 1941? Have you never seen 1941? No. Oh, we gotta watch that sometime. Do we? Yes. Okay. So, uh, 1941, it stars, um, Belushi, I believe? Yeah, okay. John Belushi. Dan Aykroyd, Lorraine Gray, Ned Beatty, like... Those are all funny people I enjoy. From like 1979 at the like. At their peak. At their peak. They were all like real young. Yeah. (laughs) And like so full of cocaine. Like. I mean, in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let me see. What other things? Roger Rabbit. 
I did like Roger Rabbit. Memoirs of a Geisha, that's a film for families. Yeah, see, this is this is where I feel like you don't you don't understand a family film. Um, Amistad. Yeah, I I did watch Amistad. Tintin. Tintin. I think I tried to make our kids watch Tintin, and they were like, "The fuck is this?" <laughs> I do. I do need to watch the 2021 uh, version of West Side Story. Ooh, I've heard. Have you heard good things? So I have heard no things. There's the old version. Yeah. Um, which is, it will go down in cinematic history as like, great. Yeah, good, but problematic. The subject matter is intentionally problematic. That's the thing. <laughs> like, the point of West Side Story is you're not supposed to be comfortable with the narrative. Yes. That's the point. That's like, the point. Schindler's List is problematic and concerning. And that's the point. That's the point. If you look at Schindler's List and you said everything is fine here, I'd be like, you are a trash human. Like, there's nothing to discuss. Mm, yeah, there is. There's there's some things we need to work through. Um, but, like, same for West Side Story. Like, there's some things we need to discuss and to work through and be like, we can do better. Mm-hmm. Um, but he redid the 2021 version of West Side Story. Have you heard good things? I've heard very good things. Okay. I read a very good thing from Guillermo de fucking Toro. I mean, in general, his taste is not my taste. But when he call, when he like feels the need to be like, <laughs> stop, everybody, let me talk about this. But when I'm he's like, like, this this thing over here is okay, and you're like, okay. Let me call out the artistry and why every other director producer fucking hates Steven Spielberg is <laughs> because he does shit like this and makes it look effortless, and we're all like, what? That no. was so much fucking work. Like. You know, just good job, man. Because he broke down a shot where they're walking into the dance scene, which is a long, continuous take, and he broke it down in like, so this is how this has to be done, or maybe it's not, or maybe he's got some other idea that I don't fucking understand. But like, as Guillermo de fucking Toro, who is his own force yeah. of nature, it, it, yeah, it's in his own right, like uh, a very talented artist trying to pull this together he's like this is how i would do it and i'm like he's like this is just executed to fucking perfection right and this is how you would you would do this shot and i would never like this is how i'd hope to do this shot in my dreams but he actually <laughs> did it in reality and so, I, like, I hate him technically for it. technically i have to give him a hand so, um i mean i liked troll hunters Oh, that's Guillermo. Yeah, no, uh, like of Guillermo de Toro. Uh, like I liked Troll Hunters. How do you feel uh, about the Hellboy series? Uh, no, see, like that's like I'm very, I'm very like here and there with him. Where I was like his his taste is not my taste. I did not watch the Hellboy series because I was like, fuck no. You missed out. Did I? You really did. I don't think so. I don't think so. So first off, Ron fucking Perlman. I mean, his chin. Has its Watched own a thousand ships. Has its own zip code. Uh, truly, uh, yeah, it's just not for me. Like I understand that it's objectively good, but yeah. it, it is not my taste, and it is not something I enjoy, and therefore I didn't watch it because I'm a grown up. 
and I can do that. And I'm no longer in humanities class where I have to like watch all of the shit I don't care about, except for for this podcast. <laughs> Next week we'll be doing Hellboy. Oh my god! Or Pan's Labyrinth. Are kids ready for Pan's Labyrinth yet? Uh, I don't know if I've seen Pan's do you, Labyrinth. Do you mind them sleeping in our bed for like three nights? Yeah, no. No, thank you. No, thank you. We'll just watch it and then send them off to camp. Yeah, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. In this economy, they're going to be living in our house for goddamn ever. Like, I cannot afford those therapy bills. So please do not. Well, I mean, the good news is they'll be covered by insurance until they're 24, so. I mean, that's that's a lot. You have to really, like, mainline that therapy. <laughs> To get it to be, like, all good. <laughs> I believe we were talking about a movie. We were. Uh, so this starts with a fake hanging, which turns out to be, well, fake. So that's mm-hmm. somewhat gratifying. But still, some things to explain. And it's one of the Fratelli brothers. Right. Who beats up a guard, runs out of the prison. The other brother, who's Joe Pantaleone. Mm-hmm. Pantaleone. That right. guy. Is spreading gasoline around the county jail. Yeah, so when his brother runs out and tries to get in the car, ultimately failing and then have to crawl in through the sunroof. Right, these are not the smartest. No, I mean, that's the establishment. That's <laughs> what like, we're trying to... These are not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, but they shoot... He he shoots the um, gasoline he spread, which causes a fire, which causes the cops not to be able to run out towards him. Is that how gasoline works? It's how, like, napalm works, but not necessarily gasoline. Like, it would have been, like, a little, like, waist-high fire at best. Mm-hmm. And then it would have just kind of fizzled in, like, ten seconds, and that would have been the end of that. But for movie's sake, they're able to use that to escape. And then they're on a running chase through town, which, again, from a filmmaker's perspective, again, Steven Spielberg, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Um, You're so good at this. (laughs) Uh, Serves to run around town and introduce kind of setting and atmosphere and also characters through the chase through the chase which brilliant fucking brilliant as as a motif mm-hmm. uh and so you kind of see every all the characters in the background you see andy as a cheerleader you see chunk at an arcade pizza thing happening you see data Experimenting with gadgets. Right, trying out some kind of, you know, invention. You see Steph bobbing for lobster, I believe? I don't know what Steph is doing. She's, like, face down in a tank and comes up with a a lobster. But not in her mouth. She pulls it out with her hands. Yeah. I don't know. And again... I don't know at all. I assume this was the Pacific Northwest, which is not necessarily, like... If you're in Washington or Oregon, and this is, like, a thing... Like, do you this bob is, for this, lobster? Is bobbing for crab a thing you do? Please, I don't know. please write in and tell us. See, that's the thing. I am fascinated. Well, that's the thing. She comes up with like a lobster. It's like a crab. Oh, is it a crab? I think it's a crab. Maybe. So, like, but she holds it in her hand. She doesn't like take it in her mouth. I don't understand what was happening that whole I scene. Don't at all. We see Mouth helping his dad repair a sink, but like fucking it up, and his dad fucking it up, and then Mouth like getting squirted in the face. Right, it's Corey, Corey Feldman. And then it kind of winds up at uh, Sean Astin's house. Mm-hmm. And Sean Astin is Mikey. Mikey. And his brother is... Brandon. And they all call him Brand. Yes. And that is Thanos. That Josh is Brolin. Thanos. Like, the Just... most attractive Josh Brolin has ever been. 
I... is 17 year old Josh Brolin. He's not 17 in this movie, honey. Like, we might need a talk. Like, he's like 14, 15. I don't think he's 14. He's, I mean, I could look it up, but like, yeah. he's supposed to be like 15. He's not supposed to be able to drive yet. He's got right. a bike. He's he's like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. So I don't know. But anyway, and they're up in their room, mm-hmm. and um, they kind of talk to each other, and this is where we establish that like they're moving out shortly, and this is our last weekend. Yeah, this is the last weekend. Sad. Uh, they're moving out. Um, it's not really clear how they're moving out or where they're moving out to or under what condition they're moving out, but like, it's obviously kind of adversarial. Right. Right. Um, so they all gather at Mikey's house. Right. Mouth arrives, um, informs the last Goonies weekend. Chunk shows up, has to do the truffle shuffle in the front. Right. So, uh, fat phobic and terrible. It really is. Truly, they're the worst. I mean, honestly... Let's be honest, like, middle school kids aren't really known for their positive body image embracement, and no. the 80s weren't known for that either, so, no. like, this so, like, is middle, a perfect story. middle school 80s kids are the worst. Probably. As a former 80s kid middle school, I was 90s kid middle school, but, like, but yes. we weren't far removed. Um, yeah, we were terrible. Um, and Chunk walks in, he's like, hey, I saw this amazing car chase, and they're, like, going down this four-wheel drive thing, and they're, like, sh- cops shooting at him, and they're like, yeah, um, you lied about, like, a whole bunch of other bullshit, so, like, we're gonna choose. We don't believe you. We don't believe you at didn't all. Didn't everybody, every, like, middle school have that kid, where it was like, Michael Jackson came to my house to use the bathroom, and you're like, whatever, man. Okay, it wasn't Michael, it was his sister. Which, I mean, Latoya? Right, or Janet? Probably Latoya. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. But. But, yeah. Yeah, no, it didn't happen. But, yeah, every, every middle school had that kid. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then, as he's explaining this, Short Round comes in. Not Short Round. <laughs> Data. Data comes in. And um, it's the same fucking character. I'm sorry. It is. It is the same character. Which is why he like, he does, like nope, out by well, drop. Which he does adorably. He does. But. Uh, comes in by, like, running through a zip line that crashes in through the screen door. Mind you, this is the house that is either supposed to be sold or for Bulldozed. Closed it's bulldozed. supposed to be bulldozed. In, like, 24 hours. Right. And yet, when the mom comes home, it's like, hey, next time, go through the front door. There will be no fucking There will next be time. no next time. Tomorrow, your house is rubble. So, yeah. So, mom comes home right after this, and she kind of gives a thing. She's got Rosalina in tow, who is, like, a Spanish maid. And she's like, she doesn't speak English. Mouth, do you speak Spanish? She's like, yeah, absolutely. And so, they give a tour. And first off, I did not... They captioned this differently. Oh. In the version I saw. So, like, she takes Rosalina into the bedroom and is like, hey, these are all my things. Just put them in the boxes. And he's like, here's where we keep the drugs. The marijuana's at the top, cocaine's at the bottom, heroin's in the middle. Like, make sure you keep the drugs separated. And Rosalina's like, what the fuck? And then they walk out and mom's like, yeah, so open the attic. So my dad, here's my husband's stuff. Don't mess with that. And Corey Feldman's like, yeah, up there is where they keep the sexual torture devices. Right. Don't go up there. Don't don't worry about that. That's 
that's none of your business. It's on a need-to-know basis. And then, like, takes her downstairs and, like, here's the closet where we keep all our cleaning supplies. Anything you need should be in here. And I'm like, why the fuck are you cleaning this place? She wants the house to be clean before it's torn down. Because... That's some real boomer energy, isn't it? Right, that's some real boomer misogynistic energy. Yeah, you can't be, like... It's like the same, like, you need to be wearing clean underwear in case you get in an accident. I'm like, I assure you, if I get in a good enough accident, I'm going to the hospital. <laughs> no matter what the underwear were beforehand, clean is not. Step, step one, that underwear is not clean, man. It is probably not going to be clean. So, I mean, it, no matter how it starts the day, first you say it, then you do it. Um, but anyway, and... Corey Feldman's like, so this is the closet we'll lock you in if you do things bad, so don't fucking do that shit. And Right, and Rosalina's like, I didn't I don't need any of this bullshit. Like She sticks all fucking around. She does stick around. Cause like, I guess the job market in the eighties was kinda shitty right, she for undocumented money. workers in Washington State. Right. So that's my only reason is that like she can't go anywhere with this information because Right, they wouldn't. They would just turn against her. Yeah, like she would have to. She would be like, "Hey, I need to make a report," and they'd be like, "You're under fucking arrest." Like I've gone nice on you, so mm-hmm. like, huh? But mom like blows in and then like promptly blows out and is like, "She's like, I have to go grocery shopping," and you're like, "Why? We're getting evicted tomorrow. You haven't packed any fucking thing, and you're worried about breakfast." Like, get the your priorities, lady. Yeah. All out of whack. So the kids are all kind of left alone and they immediately decide, like, you know that upstairs area that we're not supposed to go to? We should fucking go up there. First, they break the Statue of David. Oh, yeah. There's a whole Statue of David in Subline while mom's running around. Mm-hmm. Um, where Data knocks it over, but Chunk catches it and then he puts it on the table, but not all the way until it falls off. Right, right. Because he's, he's a screw up. Right. And then the penis falls off. Um, gonna, let me just tell you, there's no more uncomfortable phrase I've heard this evening than the penis falls off. Right. And that's my mom's very favorite part. Yeah. It's really, I'm just like, oh yeah, they might've like cut this out of the USA version. <laughs> so they end up going it back on, but like upside down. So it was like, instead of like hanging flaccidly, it's up, it's, it's up. It's like, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different statue. Right there. I mean, is it? Is it that different? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like standing around, like, flexing flaccid. With your big hands? With your big hands. Like, that's one thing. But, like, sitting around flexing with, like, a raging boner, like. It's entirely different. It's a a different vibe. It really is. Mm -hmm. I would have to say. (laughs) I don't know. I don't rate these things generally, but, like, yeah, it feels right. But they decided to go up in the attic and see what's going on up there, and it turns out it's full of, like, there was a Aurora, they're in Aurora is the town. Right. Aurora, Washington, or or Oregon. Whatever. It's kind of big. Um, But they had a history retrospective, and these are the pieces that didn't make it. They're the the rejects. rejects. Like us, the Goonies. And you're like, uh, no. Because you guys are humans and also terrible. <laughs> right. This is you, just some bullshit that didn't make the cut. Right. So, like, if you own a museum, uh-huh. the thing you do is that the stuff that's not currently 
uh, on rotation, you just let your curators take home for safekeeping. So, I feel like low-budget, like... Low-budget? That's a low-budget museum shit thing to do. Yeah, they're like, oh, fuck, we can't, we're, we can't get rid of anything. Right, we can't. Because you never know. You never know. And so, we're out of storage space everywhere else in this old house that is now the museum. Where else can we store shit? And the assistant curator's like, I got got an an attic." attic. And they're like, sold. Son of a bitch, I'm in. Um, we're not going to help you get it up there. We're not going to pay you for it. But, like, can you just, like, show... Right, but if you want to volunteer to house our, like, precious artifacts, let's go for it. And this is where we're introduced to the concept of pirates in coastal northwest. Right. I did not do any fucking research about pirates... If, if there were pirates. ...in that area. That seems very north for pirates. Until I saw an article. <gasps> Was it like Pirates of Washington? Just in the last week, they discovered the remains of a Spanish galleon off the coast of Washington. The Goonies were right. The Goonies were fucking right, y'all. Like, there's some there's some real, like, actual shit there that maybe kind of could possibly... No, it's not. But, like, so part of it is that of course, California was Spanish controlled. Right, right, obviously. And up through, uh, you know, Oregon. I mean, like, California was Mexico. Yeah. Like, for a long time. For a long time. Until we fucking marched to Mexico City as an army and we're like, shit's ours now. And they're like, not in a position to argue. So I mean, if you want it, you can have it. I don't care. So, well, I mean, they cared. They're still a little pissed at that. Um, but it's really hard to be in an argumentative position when the United States Army is besieging your capital. Right. So we... And they're like, I don't know why they don't like us. I don't know. Like, is America bad or something? (laughs) Did we do something wrong? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Right. I mean... But anyway. But anyway, enough about that war. Um, but yeah, so... That West Coast, Spanish activity on the West Coast was actually was not... Was a thing, yeah. Especially in the 1600s, which mm-hmm. ostensibly is when... When all this was going down. The pirates were, were happening. And it's a whole story about how, like, um, One-Eyed Willie, mm-hmm. which does not seem to be a Spanish name at all. No. I mean, but it could be. Was, like, you know, pirate, pirate names are very, like, choose a feature, and that's and that's who you are. Well, also, I feel like maybe, um, again, to the history, to the Victor Go, the history books. Yes. Um, you know, William is not necessarily, Willie is not a Spanish name, mm-hmm. but the, the, English people writing about him afterwards may have right. Like we're gonna we're gonna Englishify this name, and like Wilhelm, like or yeah, I don't Guillermo. Even, Guillermo would have been. <laughs> They're like, okay, we'll call him. Willie. We're gonna call him Willie. It's got two L's. Our name has two L's. It's the same name. It's all good. But anyway, um, so Willie had been running up and down the coast and chased by the British, and he ended up. You know, having to hide somewhere. In the caves. In a cave. And then the British just basically caved in, you know, shot the cave up and caved it in behind him. And trapped him 
and then him and his crew like spent the rest of their lives digging tunnels and making booby traps and making sure nobody could get to his treasure. Right, but then he also killed all of his men. Yeah. Uh, at the very end, because he didn't want any of them to get to his treasure. And they're like, that's fucking dumb. Yeah, Bran's like, bullshit. And everyone else is like, yeah, we're going with the big kid, because, you know. Right, and they're like, if all none of them survived, how do we know about this? Well, I guess one of them got out. Mm-hmm. Also, we then are introduced to the concept of Chester Copperpot. Chester Copperpot. Who's on an article... Like, this whole room is just one big plot dump. <laughs> right, right. In the 1930s, this dude, Chester Copperpot, was like, I'm going to find one-eyed billionaire's treasure. And he went in and he never came out. So, you know, potentially he's just an idiot that got lost or died in the cave somewhere. But, you know, maybe he's onto something, right? Right. And now, now is our time. Like, if we're ever going to figure this out, it's right now. Yeah, we've got, like, 24 hours. And 12-year-old brains. Let's do this. Let's do this. We're all id and ego. Like, (laughs) we have no higher functioning processes. Absolutely. We have no, like, even real concept of our own mortality. No, no. We can't die. Mm -hmm. Goonies never say die. Which is true, because, except they say it in that actual literal moment, they're saying the word die. Right. But anyway, so everyone leaves and runs back downstairs, and Mikey looks down and picks up, like, a coin on, a, like, a lanyard, and is like, all right, I'm going to take this with me, and the map, and they run out. hmm And the reason they're running out is because the doorbell rang, and it's the guys at the bank, and they're looking for Mikey's dad, and they're really, like, patronizing and bullshitty. And smarmy. Also, this is, like, clearly a Friday night, like, after work, and well, they're like, hey... Is your dad home? And he's like, no. Can you run and get him? How about your mom? And he's like, well, you know, they're out buying pampers for us babies. And everybody kind of laughs. And the guys, like, the bank guys are like, fucking, I'm just trying to do my fucking job. Like, right. But also it's like, hey, I need your dad to sign this piece of paper by 9 o'clock tomorrow so we can knock down his house. And I was like, all of this shit should have been buttoned up weeks ago. Also, like, if you're like, if you don't sign this by 9 o'clock tomorrow, I can't knock down your house. I'd be like... I lost that piece of paper. Sorry. Sorry. Like, what's that fire happening behind you? Nothing. Yeah. Like, I assume the parents are getting, like, a decent payout uh, so they could move other places or something. I mean, a domain shit, maybe. I don't know. Ooh. The, the U.S. does, like, uh... So, in the does, story... Does do that. So, in the story, they're being foreclosed on, which means that they couldn't make the payments. But all of them couldn't make the payments? The whole neighborhood couldn't make the payments? The only thing I can conceive of is, like, they had some sort of, like, floating interest rate, you know... Oh, and in the 80s, it, rate. like, jumped up to, like... 20%? Yeah, and then the local comp- the local banking uh, system? The local, well, the local bank, you know, jacked up their rates and so they increased their payments and then the local country club was like, we have cash. Yeah, we can buy all these houses. We can buy all these houses and knock it out. And the bank was like maybe willing to work with it, but the country club was like, no, fuck it, we need like an extra nine holes. Yeah, so we need like, all of these houses. We're going to just tear it all down and and the bank was like, sounds good, thank you. Yeah, you have more money than they do, so, uh, yeah. You win. You win. Which Yay, is very, capitalism. Very capitalism. Um, so, we kind of have a moment of all the kids going back in the house and like, well, we gotta do something. And they're like, well, this is our last weekend, so like, 
let's find that fucking treasure that this copper pot guy in the 30s couldn't find, but, like... But we could totally find it as, you know, children in the 80s. So, um... Brand's supposed to be watching us, so let's, like, tie him up and get him out of the way, and then we can go into whatever the fuck we want. So, Brandon's using one of those, like, spring, like... Spring stretchy arm exercise shenanigans. And they're like, hey, how far can you spread it? He's also watching the Cindy Lauper video for Goonies Are Good Enough. The Goonies Are Good Enough. Which is super meta in this moment. And so, but he spreads it out, and then they grab it and use it to, like, tie him to the chair Mm -hmm. and run away. And they're on the they're on their way. They also let the tires out of his uh, let the air out of the tires of his bike. Right. So when he finally does go out to find him, he's like still a little girl's bike. It's super funny. Mm-hmm. Um. And so the Goonies are on their way. They end up just on the coast, chunk whining about not being able to eat. His mom being mad, and you know. All kinds of, like, vaguely, like, Jewish stereotype jokes. Right. Because Chunk is Jewish. Because Chunk is Jewish. And he wants everybody to know it. All he, I mean, all he has in his uh, attic are, like, Hanukkah decorations. Yeah. And not any of this, like, weird pirate shit. He also... So, like, this is clearly a Gentile, this is clearly some Gentile bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) Just not wrong. He's also going to make references to Jewish school and, like, other things. So, like, Mm. he's definitely... Right, he's pu- he's pushing that he's a Jew. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, be what you are, but you know, hey, cool. Also, I- this is done by Steven Spielberg, so like, yes. Again, see also Schindler's List. I'm the, never going to accuse Schindler uh, <laughs> this director of being anti-Semitic. Like, it's right, just... right, right. Uh, but yes, yeah. Anyway, um, Brand is chasing him down. He's on like this little girl's bike. He gets found by Troy. Hmm. Which is like the most '80s rich kid name? I mean, maybe ever. Chad. Chad. Yeah, like it. It might as well be douche, bro. Yeah, he's your a douche, name bro. is douche. He is in a 5.0 um, Mustang, mm-hmm. Fox Body Mustang, which will hit a certain number of people. Especially if I say um, it's the kind of vehicle that caught on fire when right. I was in right. college, and that was a formative memory for several <laughs> of our. Our listeners, I think. Um, But when I was in college, you know, a 1980s Fox Body Mustang Mustang was was almost like hilariously ironic. Yeah. Like, Like I had a friend of mine that had one that he had like souped up and like bored out and was like a super awesome car, but was like a sleeper. Like, nobody expected this kind of performance out of that car because it was so old and so outdated. Mm -hmm. But at this time, it would have been, like, the quintessential, like, Daddy, buy me a Mustang. Like, oh, yeah, son, you've turned 16. I'm going to buy you, like, the top of the line, fastest, coolest car you know. Right. And it was either that or a Camaro. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you were a redneck, you got the Camaro. If you had a trust fund, you got a Mustang. Yes. Um, and he is, like, riding his bike, and they're like, hey, and they pull up next to him, and so he stops, and he's like, hey, I'm just, you know, whatever. I'm, I don't, I'm not here to make trouble. And they're like, oh. And they grab uh, Troy. Troy. Troy specifically grabs his hand. So Troy's the driver in this. He had been trying to adjust the mirror to look down Andy's shirt. Right, Andy the cheerleader. Like, trying to, like, get some, some views there. Right, this was before porn was 
available on the internet. Yeah, you had to, I don't know, like... You had, to, you had to harass women for porn. I really felt like uh, women harassment should go down in the age of the internet, but it did not. It And did that not. just proves that men are the worst. I would like to disagree with that statement, but evidence is not on my side. <laughs> it's not on your side. Some men, not hashtag not all men. <laughs> hashtag not all men. No tall men. No tall men. Um, but like hashtag, yeah, significant portion of men. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. And Steph's in the back and being completely ignored. And Right. And so uh, Troy grabs uh, Brian's hand uh, and holds on to it and then drives. So his bike is going like 30 or 40 miles an hour. And then he just lets go. And, and then he lets him. go and lets him like fall down a mountain. This is attempted This is murder. fucking attempted murder. Yeah, like it's premeditated. He knew what he was doing. It wasn't just like a spur of the moment. Right. Like, it was not an accident. It was purposeful. They Both the girls in the car were like screaming at him to stop. Yeah, he had every opportunity to stop. Did not. Yeah, he tried to murder Brand. Right. Right. And then Andy is like, oh, he was being such a jerk. But, like, I'm not going to give back his letter sweater because, like, he's got dimples. <laughs> and a trust fund. And a trust fund. Like, whoo, girl. Swoon. So wound. So the Goonies, we jump to them, and they're on this kind of, like, promenade peninsula mm-hmm. thing. And... Mikey is holding up the coin, and there's chunks out of it that line up with like that line hills. up with the mountains. It's like, guys, I think we're here. I think like that's the mountain, that's the mountain, and then over there at the lighthouse, that's the other point. We should go to the other point. I'm like, wait, when did you go to the mountain? Like, seems like just equally, yeah, e- e- equally likely. But in in Mikey's mind, it is very firm that we have to go to the third point. Yeah, so the third point is a lighthouse slash restaurant, mm-hmm. which was definitely not present in the 1600s. Definitely not present in the 1600s. So neither the lighthouse nor the restaurant. It reminds me of, like, so we go to Myrtle Beach with my family every so often, mm-hmm. and we have to eat at, like, one of the, like, seafood shoreside. Yeah, what, like, we go out for eat one, one time in the week. And it's, like... You know, my my family hates seafood, so we go to this, like, seafood restaurant, and everybody gets chicken tenders. Right, but I am, like, I want all of the shrimps and scallops. And crab. <laughs> and crab. Like, I want all of it. Yeah. My family, like, my me, you, me, you, and our kids are, like, all about the shrimp and everything. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is, like... I'll have the pork chop. Right, I'll like, have a hamburger. Why the fuck did we come <laughs> to yeah. the beach to do that? But it, it reminds me of kind of one of those, like... Right, the very touristy, uh, like, seaside restaurants. Right. Um, only it's been abandoned for yeah, some time. It has fallen into real disrepair. Uh, but they notice there are people there and they're like what's going on there and they're like maybe they're drug dealers or something like something's going on like nefarious at this place but they're like undeterred because they're immortal 12 year olds so right they're like we're just gonna go in we're just gonna be like hey we are you know men about town (laughs) we look completely not suspicious (laughs) 
So they just like walk up and Chunk's like, I think I heard gunshots. And they're like, yeah, it was probably like somebody dropping a pot. Spoiler is gunshots. It was gunshots. Um, And they got up on the porch and some of the guys are like looking in the door and trying to peek around like, hey, what's going on? Can we go in there? It is obviously abandoned and non-functional as a restaurant. Uh, Chunk, meanwhile, goes around the corner and finds the Jeep he saw earlier. Right, and he was like, oh no, this is this is that car I saw in the chase, and it has bullet holes in it! Oh my gosh, you I was guys. fucking right! I have evidence, I'm right, you guys, you gotta... And as he's getting up there, they just, like, blast, blast through the door. And Chunk is like, oh shit, we're all gonna die! Right, truly, Ch- Chunk is always right. Like... That is a theme. Chunk is always right. No one believes him because he's the boy who cried wolf. Mm-hmm. But in this movie... And honestly, the boy who cried wolf was also right. At the end. Mm-hmm. When everyone died in the village. Yeah. And they've been like, oh, shit, we should listen to him. But also, maybe he shouldn't have been an asshole all those other times. It's, you know, two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So, they walk in... Um, and our escapee friend, one of the brothers, mm-hmm. is there, and he's like, what the fuck are these kids here? And only he's saying in Italian. In Italian. And the mom's like, shut the fuck up. Be what? chill. We can, like, give him a soda and, like, get him out of here. Yeah. Like, let's not kill the 12-year-olds. Let's, yeah. Like, that's, that's I mean, like, I am totally down with murder, but this is a lot of children, and people would, like, start to look. Yeah. We but- got to keep it on the DL. We've already killed two people today. Let's not kill more, because I'm running out of places to hide the bodies. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, what do y'all want? And she, they're like, just some waters would be great. She's like, water's fine. Have a seat. And then Mouth has to stand up and be like, actually, I want like a fettuccine Alfredo and like uh, spaghetti and meatballs and like <laughs> a, f- a glass of fettuccine 1984. And she's like, uh... No. So she, like, grabs him and, like, squeezes his mouth so he comes out. She's like, all we serve here is tongue. And, like, flips out a switchblade. She's like, would you boys like some fresh tongue? And they're all like, God, no. God, oh, my God. Oh, no. my God. Fuck, no. And she's like, all right, sit the fuck down. I'm coming out with your waters. And they're like, ah. And I'm like, I would have ran. Yeah. Like, and th- as soon and as she walked away. Room. And they're like, well, this is interesting. And like, get the fuck out. Get like, out. Run. And like Chunk, as she's out of the room, Chunk's like, "Guys, guys, I saw the, I saw the, I saw the jeep. I saw the bullet holes. These are the people that we're running from. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm sure it's not fucking good. We gotta go." And she comes back. And she's like, "Where's your waters?" And like puts like really nasty glasses on the table and pours it full of like brown, brown water, nasty water. And they're like, "This is water." And she's like, "It's wet in it. Drink it." And she, they're like, "Yeah, not gonna yeah, argue." Sounds great. Uh, and as that happened, Mike, he's like, hey, I gotta use the bathroom. She's like, it's downstairs. Go to the right. I'm like, I would have just been like, we don't fucking have one. Get out. Right, right. Go pee in the woods. Yeah. But she's like, nope, go downstairs. Go to the right. Stay to the right. Never go to the left. Always to the right. And he's like, yeah. Right, right. So he immediately goes to the right, pulls out his map. It goes to the left. Goes to the left. Oh, but he pulls out his map. And he's kind of trying to figure out, and they're kind of looking for like the lowest point. Um, and he hears some, like, Italian music, and he looks into the room, and there's something chained to the wall. Mm-hmm. It's vaguely humanoid. Does Mikey find that? I thought yeah. only Chunk found that. Mikey finds it. Um, and then Mikey, like, 
and it's the brother, the older brother that escaped from jail is like singing to him and like throwing food at him, just being a real ass and leaves and Mikey kind of hides. And then Mikey decides to like push the plate towards Sloth. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's who it is, it's Sloth. We'll find out later. And Sloth gets the food and is super happy. And Mikey's like running back upstairs, like freaking out. Um, and as he runs out, Brand is there and grabs him. It's like, you're in so much fucking trouble. Yeah. I can't believe I even found you here without, like, a cell phone or GPS. Like, how the fuck? After I fell down a mountain, I knew you were at this lighthouse across the bay. How did they even get to the lighthouse? You don't see them get on a boat? I don't know. I think it's on, like, a peninsula. I don't think... I think it's attached. They walked around? That's well, like they're on a, their bikes. That's like a four-mile hike. I don't know. But Mike, but yeah, Brand finds them and like kind of hauls them all out. And as they clear the door, Mom just turns around and says the most relatable two words in this movie, which is "kids suck." Kids suck. Yeah. So outside, um, they kind of like pull over into the wood line and they're arguing and fighting about like they got to go back. Right. We have to go home. We're in so much fucking trouble. And he's like, "No, there's no home to go home to. Like after tomorrow, our homes will be just rubble." So like. Why don't why don't we fuck around? Also, while they're arguing, they look over and see the Fratellis pulling something wrapped in garbage bags out that looks an awful lot like a dead body. Right, and they're like, I wonder what's in that bag. And you're like, I'm sure it's just restaurant trash. And you're like, yeah, because there were so many people in that restaurant. It looked real, real used. So as the car, the Jeep, drives by... Suddenly, Steph and Andy are there? I don't know why. Well, they, like, made Troy stop and let them out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right, and they're Will Walk. Yeah. Uh, real taking a stand there, because they did not appreciate what they did to he did to Brand. Mm-hmm. But also, they managed to just find this crew. Right, they just walked down the hill, and they were like, oh, hey! It's Brand. Brand and some, like, little kids. Like, I can believe maybe they went down the hill to check on Brand, but, like, mm-hmm. what are the odds that Brand got launched down into the exact spot he needed to be? Yes. That's pretty wild. Um, So they decide to go back to the restaurant now that the Fratellis are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, they, one of the, or Corey Feldman slash Mal taunts mm-hmm. Chuck about photos of his mom in the bathtub to sell to him cheap. I'm like, I don't remember this part either. Right, right. To get Chunk mad to break down the door. And he does. He, like, bull charges Mouth, who jumps out of the way, and Chunk breaks down the door. Which is kind of a fat joke. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Not the worst fat joke in this movie. Yeah. Oof. Yep. So the girls are kind of like freaked out out in the yard, like we can't do this. And but they decided to come in. Everybody's in the place. They're looking for the lowest point, uh, and they end up going downstairs. Um, and they hear the it, which is what Mikey calls it. He's like, "Yeah, it's something over there. Like you can check it out, but like I do not recommend." Like, right, like it's chained to the wall. Mm-hmm. And so the team's all like kind of freaked out. At one point, like. Brandon and Andy are about to kiss, and, like, Steph's kind of, like, cheering for him in the background. It's super creepy. Um, She's very supportive as a friend. I would have been, like, later. Like, probably. I think is this the point where Steph feels like 
She's like, this is crazy. I feel like I'm babysitting and I'm not even getting paid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, truth, staff, truth. It is it. She is like the most adult voice in this whole movie. It's true. So as they're looking for the lowest point, Chunk accidentally knocks over like the glass bottle on top of a giant... Um, what, like Yeah, like a, like a water bottle drinking yeah. Uh, dispenser. Yeah, and so... Why didn't they give him water out of that? I don't know. They had that. Yeah, but it was downstairs and not plot convenient at the time. Yeah. And so the water runs down and he realizes it's going towards the fireplace and there's like a whole grate and they kind of kick through it and they're like, oh, there's like a whole fucking cave down here. Like, this is what the map was talking about. Right, let's do it. Let's climb into this cave in this fireplace in this abandoned restaurant that was definitely uh, a mob front. A mob front. With murderers. Yeah, seems reasonable. Uh, meanwhile, Data's poking around. He finds a printing press that makes $50 bills. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, $50 bills? Oh, that's all. Oh, fuck. This is fake money. Yeah. And then, then that's when they also find the newspaper that the people upstairs are the Fratellis. Because, of course... You keep those newspaper clippings. You know your mom. Your mom keeps all the clippings of your accomplishments. You're like, they went to this concert. They got this scholarship. You know, like, she's she's a proud mama. There's literally nothing. I don't think there's any record of me of any newspapers. (laughs) So if you were, like, a mob boss, you would not keep newspaper clippings of, like, how badass you were. I mean, probably not, but... For posterity. Mama does. For for 12-year-olds to find and conveniently plot dump. I mean, like, optimistically, they're reading the newspapers to find out what the cops know about them. Yes. Um, And maybe that's what's happening, but the kids are able to be like, oh, fuck, it's but the But they, Fratelli's. like, saved it. It's, like, practically framed. Yeah. And, like, Chuck is like, fuck this, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Which is the most reasonable thing. Again, Chunk is always right. Yeah. He, he wanted to be out, like, ages ago. And he's like, fuck this, I'm out, and goes to leave. He's like, wait, I smell ice cream. And there's a giant walk-in freezer mm-hmm. in the basement. Right, so this uh, restaurant didn't really ostensibly have any electricity, but... Well, they had a giant walk-in freezer. They had a giant walk-in freezer. Of questionable age. Yeah, and ice cream. And they have ice cream. So Chunk runs in, he's like listed all the flavors they have and super excited and then realizes that's not all that's in this freezer. Right, it's also a dead dude. There's a Also yeah. these ice cream flavors are bullshit. Well, there's like Rocky Road and like cookies and cream, chocolate, strawberry, grape. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, that's when it really goes off the rails. Like they do not mention mint chocolate chip. They do, they do not mention like a peanut butter or a caramel. I'd be, or, I'd be like, a fudge ripple. I'd be interested to do a whole cultural analysis and figure out when what... Did, when did grape ice cream become a thing? Or not become a thing. Because, like, I've had grape ice cream. I can verify. I have not. I've had blue raspberry ice cream. I think I might have had... The summer that blue became a flavor. I assure you've had blue ice cream. Yeah, I've blue had raspberry blue ice raspberry ice cream. Yeah, I assure you have. I've had blue ice cream that tasted very much like vanilla ice cream. Are you talking about the King's Island stuff? Yeah. Because we're about to have, like, it, a thing. It, t- it tastes very much like vanilla ice cream. It is blue raspberry. It's a, it's a subtle flavor. It is subtle. Did you say subtle? Subtle. Subtle? Subtle. Anyway, 
Um, and as they're dealing with this dead guy and freaking the hell out about that, the Fratellis return, and they now have to freak out about that quietly? Right, right, and they have to escape. They have to hide and escape. So they shove the body back in the freezer and all decide... With Chunk! With Chunk. They don't realize they've shoved Chunk in the freezer as well, and then they've all got to get down the grate because they can't go out the front door because the Fratellis are there, and they'll find out they know, and, like, that honestly would be bad for them. Right, right. Um, because Mama didn't want to kill them earlier. These people are straight up murderers. Yeah, by a thread, did Mm -hmm. not want to kill them earlier, just because it would be too much work. Right. If they actually know there's a dead body in the basement, then, yeah. It's going to happen. Um, and so the Fratellis start to go downstairs and realize someone's been there. Um, also, like... Well, actually, Chunk's not in the freezer at this point. He's talking to them through the grate, and they're like, go get the police. Like, you are our hope. Why do they send Chunk? I don't know. Um, And the team goes down through the caves, um, and they're starting to explore that, and Chunk, like, runs out, somehow gets out of the basement. He gets out through the window mm-hmm. and gets to the... um. The road. To the road. And this is where he, like, stops the car. He's like, oh, my gosh, I need to help you. I found the Fratellis. They're down at the restaurant. They're terrible. They've killed a guy. There's a dead body in the basement. My friends are in danger. I need you to help me. And then he realizes it's the oldest Fratelli. It's the oldest Fratelli. And he and was like, like, that's very, it's a very interesting story. And so they throw Chunk in the back of the Jeep with the dead body. And he's, like, freaking out. And he's like, again? And so then that's when they take him back. Mm-hmm. So Chunk spends this whole movie as a hostage. Pretty much. He's going to do that. So the team starts, like, exploring the caves. At one point, they're, like, around all these pipes that they pound on. And there's a whole hilarious scene of, like, the country club above being wrecked by the kids, like, flexing the pipes underground. But it's also weird because, like, if they found this cave that they could run pipes through... Yes. Why didn't anybody do any further exploration to figure out where it goes? <laughs> right, like, oh, conveniently, this cave is right here and really sweet. We'll put all the pipes here. We I don't need... even have to dig. But I'm going to charge him for digging because he's, like, an asshole. Yeah, probably. But also, we're not going to explore any further. Like, we're just going to... I mean, if you're, like, a contractor being paid to build a fancy, like, you know, where you're like, whatever, I did my job. Yeah. Um. And... But this is intercut with like the Fratellis torturing Chunk, um, and they're like, "Tell us everything you've ever that you know." And he's like, "In the third grade," and he starts telling all these embarrassing right, like stories. I, che- I cheated on my math test. Yeah, and it's Tr- to their credit, the Fratellis are very long suffering um, mm-hmm. in this uh, investigation. They are. I feel like like they threaten him with like putting his hand in a blender. But, like, never really follow through on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe they should have been, like, get to the fucking point. Like, what's been going on this week? Right, right. Like, let's let's uh, short truncate this whole narrative. I don't need to know about sixth grade. I need to go about right fucking now. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, back to our team. They're in the caves. And they find, like, this giant rock that has fallen from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And crushed someone. Oh, it's a skeleton. It's a skeleton. And it's obviously been down there for a while. And so they're like, get his wallet. I'm like, it's under the fucking rock. Like, 
I don't know that that's an option. Right. But they get his wallet. No problem. They do not have to lift up a rock. It's Chester Copperpot. It's Chester Copperpot. The guy that Ed has been exploring in like the 30s. Right. He went and he never came out. Like, we're on the right path because obviously this guy who died was on the right path. I'm like, I don't know that that's... But you just know that he died. You don't know that he was on the right path. It's not a ringing endorsement. No, not at all. But they're like, but this seems to be a booby trap. Also... You know, when I really did booby traps, so like obviously we're on the right path. I'm like, that makes a little more sense. And they're like, so we should keep going. I'm like, that makes no sense. <laughs> that makes negative sense. It's you should true. not keep going in this situation. You should bug yes. the fuck out. Yes. Find your nearest adult and be like, so. So, I have a long story. But I think I'm onto something. They also um, kind of raid his stuff and pick up his stuff, and he's got candles, mm-hmm. among which are sticks of dynamite. Right, in with the candles. It's candles and dynamite. I feel like Combo. That's, it's definitely a Chekhov's dynamite stick. Right, it's labeled dynamite. Like, I think our it, kids are like, fingers. Uh, they're like, oh, candles. And one of our kids are like, that says dynamite, motherfucker. Like, all of these kids can read. Yeah. Like... Mm-hmm. Di- Dynamite has not changed names since the 30s. <laughs> they also find, like, he's got, like, a skeleton key of some sort. Like, it's a skull with, like, a long, like, tooth. It kind of looks like a Punisher skull, but a little less racist. Yes. yes. Um, And they go to pull it off, and it's tied around his neck, so it actually just ends up knocking his head loose, and which kind of rolls around. I'm like, oh, God, put it back. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he doesn't I mean, mind. you don't need to put it back if you don't want to. It's, I mean, he's he's on the borderline between, like, grave robbing and archaeology. Like, yeah, it's it's a bubble. It's 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 flexible. But they do freak out. But they end up kind of sneaking away when Mikey finds a string. So, oh, look, it's the booby trap. What happens if I pull this string? I'm like, don't pull the fucking string. He pulls the fucking string. And all these, like, rocks start dropping from the ceiling. And they have to run into, like, a little alcove and hide. Yes. And it's like, all right, well, hey, first movie trap down. We didn't die. We got farther than Chester Copperpot. I'm like, mm, big praise. Yes. Yeah, that is that is some real minor. That's a minor accomplishment, sir. So they're kind of looking around and they're like, oh, hey, there's like a little rock here blocking something. Maybe if we like knock the rock out of the way, we can go down there. And this is when they knock the rock out of the way and all these fucking bats come flying out. Okay. So where are these bats? In a cave. Okay. So the cave has to have an outer. Uh, yeah. An outer it does. Part. It does. It does have an outer entrance we found. So instead of being like, okay, the, these bats came from somewhere where you can climb up through this cave and get out, they were like, no, treasure. I don't know. I mean, I I think maybe like the they're in like the back end of the cave where the bats nest, but then they fly out an entrance. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel later in this movie that might be the, the exit of the bats mm-hmm. that nobody thought to explore to verify the story. But anyway, <laughs> um... So, like, maybe there's some stuff there, but they knock open the back of the cave, mm-hmm. and the bats are like, holy shit, a new door! And, like, come yeah. soaring We love out. new doors! Everyone in this room, though, should totally get a rabies shot at the end of this, just for yes. the record. Yes, they should. Uh, if you've been ever been in close contact with a bat or a number of other small mammals... Right. Yeah, you should, you should look into some rabies. Like, if you are in a very old college campus, uh, and you have... You know, for example, an office in the attic. 
Uh, true story. Get our yourself old, some rabies shots. Our old college, um, one of the departments had offices in the attic, and they had a whole system. They would use the old Ellison machines, like the punch-out machines that you, the, your teachers used to make bulging boards out of. Mm-hmm. Um, if you killed a bat, you got a full black bat mm-hmm. that you could put on the... Put on the door of your office. On, of your office. They would just tape them to the door of the office. If you got an assist, you got half a bat, mm-hmm. which, you know, like, good for you. Yeah, that counts. I'm, I'm here for that. My favorite, though, was one of the professors had a collection of pink bats, pink bats being the emblem of someone who ran from a room after seeing a bat. But they don't want to get the fucking rabies. Yeah. They're like... I hear that. Honestly... I'm I'm not saying it was bad, but the, also the much smarter decision. It was the smarter decision. He had four last mm-hmm. when I I think that was his peak. Um, one of my other professors had like full on dozen black bats on right. his. He was like fucking Dracula. I was like, holy shit! Do you have a like, fucking vendetta? Yeah, I was like, did a bat kill your mom? Like you are. <laughs> That's a, this is a lot, man. Seems like a seems this, like a long way a to go. But he was former airborne, like okay. army. So okay. like he he was. I mean, I think he was one of those people that believed he was going to die. He had already done it. So like, <laughs> might as well. <laughs> He's like, when it's my time, it's my time. Like, wouldn't it be terribly ironic if you died from rabies from a bat bite that you got untreated because you're just like. I mean, to his credit, later, years later, um, he was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And, he and just beat like, it. He was just like, fuck it. He was like. <laughs> I, I don't feel like dying. I don't feel like it. Like, no. And, like, ended up, like, running marathons and doing, like, Ironman races, like, I two mean, years after that diagnosis. I guess. Good, He's in full remission. Good for him. Good for him. I, like, honestly, he. I do have to admit, he's one of the people I, I like follow on Facebook, and I'm just like, I really appreciate everything you're doing right, as a human. He, he's actually good people. He's actually very a- except good for, Except for his bat genocide. I mean, it was... Bat genocide aside. I mean, I, I have neutral feelings at best on the <laughs> bat genocide. He was providing a service. Neutral feelings. But anyway, um, so there's that whole bat eruption. We... Cut to Chuck telling a story about fake vomit at a theater. Mm-hmm. It's the worst thing he ever did. Yeah. Um, throwing up over the balcony of a theater, yeah, which made, made other he people made throw up. Yeah, he made up fake vomit, and then he like went and sat in the balcony, and he pretended to vomit over the balcony, and then everyone was like throwing up on each other, and he was like, it was so terrible. It was the worst thing I felt, ever did. I felt, I felt terrible. He achieved some sort of like critical mass of vomiting. and yes, like unsus- everybody was sick. Everybody was sick. And as he's telling the story, the fireplace erupts. And earlier it said, our, my friends went down the fireplace. He, like, ratted them out, like, real oh, quick. Oh, yeah. Like, the second they were like, we're going to put your hand in a blender. He's like, my friends are in the fireplace. And they're like. Bullshit. Okay, man. And so, as the bats come out and they kind of, the fratellis kind of deal with that, they're like, oh, fuck, this kid was telling the truth. So, we cut back to the team. They're now finding a beautiful waterfall. And there's coins everywhere like holy shit it's the treasure it's thousands of dollars worth of stuff these are like, like all the coins and shit and, and they're like uh this isn't 
Eisenhower, like... Well, my favorite is, like, they hold one corner up, like, President Lincoln and Washington and Martin Sheen. And it's Corey Feldman saying Martin Sheen, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, I think you knew Charlie. Like, I think you and him, like, hung out. Yes. (sighs) Probably not a great idea. But anyway, Charlie's had his own journey. Um, And they're like, that's that's Kennedy. And they're like, well, he played Kennedy once. They're like, yeah, good job with your movie trivia. But, like, these are not pirate coins. Right, right. This is not, like, treasure from the 1600s. This is a wishing well. And they're like, it's the Masagers or Masagwas or something wishing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the, at the, at the, at the country club. At the edge of the country club. Yeah. You can't, and they have this whole thing where, like, you can't steal these. These are witches. And I was like, yeah, well, fuck that shit. Like, I threw coins down here making wishes. None of them ever came true. So right, I'm like, taking my now, refund. Now I'm going to lose my house. So, like, I'm going to take my shit back and, like, at least have some sort of closure from this. Right, I'm going to take them all back. Meanwhile, Troy. Troy is at the top of the wishing well for with some his reason. With friends. Yeah. And is like... You know, I wish I get get with Andy and throws a coin down, and the coin comes rocketing back up, and he's like, "What? What?" And then he looks down and he hears them talking, and he realizes, "Oh, there's like people down there, and they kind of need help." And he's like, "Oh, well, I'll help you get out." Like, but like in a very smarmy, condescending very, way. Yeah, very, very smarmy. Like if you like also do me a favor sexually. Hmm. And so he lowers the bucket, and um, everybody's kind of thinking of leaving, but Mikey's like, listen, we've made it farther than Chester Copperpot. Goonies never say die. I'm not, like, and, and Andy's like, I'm not a Goonie. I just want to go home. And he's like, yeah, but you could be a Goonie. Like, you know, it's fine. Right. Like, and, I this, bestow, and, this is, and this is the line of, like, like the... Our parents are doing the best for what, you know, what they can for them up up there. But, like, it's our time. Our time down here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Sean Astin doing the best he can with the world's worst lines. Yes. <laughs> like, truly the worst. The worst lines. Uh, but he somehow convinces Andy to stay. So she she puts her sweater in the bucket. His, his sweater. Troy's sweater. Troy's sweater. In the that bucket. she was wearing. Because, you know, like, the first time that he, like, tried to murder Brant, she was like, I don't know if I want to break up with him. But now that she, he was like, uh, I'll get you out of there, but you 100% have to sleep with me. Like, that was the That line. was the camel. The, the, the straw that put the camel's back, right? Yeah. So she sends the sweater up, and he's like, fuck you, Goonies! Only in, like, PG version. Right. PG-13, probably. I don't know. Right. So now they are inextricably linked. Uh, Andy and the other girl and the other uh, Goonies. Right. So So we're in it together. So we're back up with Chunk. Chunk has been tied into the room, tied into a chair in the room with Sloth. Mm -hmm. Who's watching a TV show and just being whatever. And he's freaked out initially, but he kind of gets him, gets himself together. And he's like, Hey, Sloth, you want a baby Ruth? That's so all like, baby roof. There's some, like, Sloth is not an unproblematic caricature no. in this. No, not at all. But be that as it may, he throws the baby roof at Sloth, hits him in the face, and falls down, and Sloth freaks out, 
breaks the chains that are holding him in place. Mm-hmm, to get the baby Ruth. And then, like, breaks the baby Ruth in half and feeds half of it to Chunk while eating the other half. And Chunk's, like, freaking the hell out, but also, like, I guess he's not gonna kill me, because, like, like... that was real nice of sharing the baby Ruth. And also, you just ripped chains out of the wall. Like, I don't know. I'm feeling many emotions right now. Um... We also see the Fratellis during this scene, like, catching up. They're, like, going through the booby traps. They find Chester Copperpot. So, like, we have a landmark to be like, oh, they're... Oh, they're right on their tail. Right. And the team's moving forward. Um, And they find, like, a hole. And inside that hole, there's, like, all these, like, pegs. And they have the key from Chester Copperpot, the, like, skull, Punisher skull-looking thing. Mm-hmm. And this is... They put the skull on there. This whole skull is the key. And they twist it. And as they twist it, it locks on Mikey's hand. And he can't get his hand out. And this, like, cannonball starts, like, this slow descent through this track around the room. And ends up, like, cracking open the floor. And Data falls through. hmm And he's, like, surely falling to his death. Yeah, yeah. That's what this is meant to do. But he manages to, like, shoot off the, um... Like, from his... Pinchers of Peril. Pinchers of Power. Peril. Peril. Power? Peril? I think it's power. Could be either way. Could be either way. Uh, But from his fanny pack, he shoots off, like, pony clips on, (laughs) like, a spring. Well, it's, it's like, dentures. Mm -hmm. Or, like, those little, like, silly, bouncing, chattering teeth. Right. Which are, which are enough... To uh, grip on the side of the mountain and pull him up. It's like on a slinky. Yes. Well, it stops him just before he hits, like, these terrible-looking spikes at the bottom that would have impaled him and killed him. Mm-hmm. And everybody's freaking up on top, like, oh, my God, we killed we killed Data. And he's like, it's cool, guys. I'm okay. There's, like, a whole other cave down here. So, like... You should come down. Because, obviously, this is the next step in the journey. Is it? I don't know. So, back upstairs, Chunk has managed to kind of get untied by Sloth, and he mm-hmm. manages to get to a phone and call the Him cops. Him and Sloth are the same team. Um, and they he calls the cops, and they're like, is this Lawrence? Like, is this... You're, you're telling me the Fratellis are at the abandoned restaurant, your friends are chasing pirate treasure. Seems like bullshit, because you've called this number Yeah, 17 time. times in the last month. And he's like, no, I mean it this time. And he's like, you know, you got to believe me. You got to come out here. And they're like, yeah, bullshit, buddy. Mm -hmm. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Yeah, shame on me. Yeah. So they hung up on him. And then Sloth's like, I'm going down the fireplace and you can come with me. And they're like, woo. Let's do it together. And Chunk's like, oh, fuck, this is a bad idea. Which, again, Chunk is always right. 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 Like, truly, it needs, like, me and Julio down by the schoolyard uh, montage of of Chunk and Sloth. Mm-hmm. Because they're just having the best time. So, meanwhile, we catch up with the gang. And um, they need a pee break. Mm-hmm. And so, Mikey's like, all right, guys, boys' room's over that way. Girls' rooms that way. Let's let's go do it. And Brand like goes into a third cave. He's like, I'm going to the men's room. And like all the boys are like, I'm go- I'm also going to the men's room. And Mike's like, Fine. What the fuck? Like, it's not 
third cave? I thought it was Andy's cave. No, no. I thought he was being like a full-on creeper. No, no. They're they're in a third cave. Um, we have a brief interlude of Sloth and, and Chunk messing with the pipes and mm-hmm. like pushing them up and down and kind of messing with shit. And of course, it's hilarious because it, it has is hilarious. effects on the country club above, and rich people get punched in the face by like water fountains and shit. Honestly, rich people getting punched in the face with water is funny. Yeah, with inexplicable like inadvertent like hubris. Right, right. That that the eighties did have down. I will say. Yeah. So. We're back at the caves with the team, and Andy's like, hey, Brant, come here. And Brant just kind of looks at my, he's like, you know. Go see what she's, like, bitching about. Because he's, like, totally taking a whiz on the wall at the moment. He's occupied. Mm-hmm. He's like, go, go figure out if she's okay. Well, and, like, it wasn't, like, nice. It wasn't, like, go see if she's okay. It was, like, go see what she's bitching about, this bitch. Like, like yeah. Not, it, was, it was, like, not chill. No. Um, and so Mikey runs off and Andy's like, I'm over here with my eyes closed. And like Steph's like in the sidelines, like giggling. Mm -hmm. And so Mikey runs in and, um, she grabs him and just like full on kisses him. Right. And Mikey's just like, Uh... and then lets him go and, and Steph sees him running away and she's just like cracking up. And... Andy comes out and he's like, that was real nice. Does Brand wear braces? And Steph's like, oh gosh. Right. And at no point is Steph like, you kissed the wrong dude. Like. Yeah. And she's like, also be careful. Andy's like, be careful. There's a hole around here. I think Brand was standing in it because, you know, he seemed Yeah, he was a lot shorter. And Steph is just cracking up. I'm like, you got to tell her. Like, first <laughs> off, maybe there's a moment you needed to be like, whoa, 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 Mikey. Like. <laughs> No, no, no. Not right. your... Right. This is not for you. This is not for you. This is... I mean, we were on some dubious consent grounds, but, like, at least... Y'all. At least Brant kind of knew what was going on, knew the lay of the Ooh. land, and could defend himself. But, like... No, Mikey. No, you don't... You are unaware of the whole situation. Yikes. Um, As they're kind of recovering from this and the team's coming back together and like Mikey's got a far off look in his eye and Brant's like what the fuck's wrong with you that's when like they see flashlights and hear noises like holy shit oh no the fratellis are after us yeah gotta run and so they run into this cave and as they run into the cave you see the cave is shaped like a skull it's got like a, they run into the mouth and it's got mm-hmm. like two eyes that are connected so it lights up and you're like look it's a skull I was like good set design Mr. Spielberg um, they cross like a little log bridge and the Fratellis are right behind him. And so Data turns around and like greases it with Slick Shoes, mm-hmm. um, which there was a 90s band called Slick Shoes. Yes. Do you remember them? Yeah. 90s, the early, early, 2000s. early 2000s. 2000s band uh, called Slick Shoes. And, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure they opened for the concert I saw of the Mighty Mighty Boston's. It's probable. Um, but they quoted this, Slick Shoes, what are Slick Shoes? Um, but he just oils the the log and runs away and they end up up in this cave where there's like an organ looking mm-hmm. thing made out of bones. It's super creepy. Super creepy. Um, and they have to play the right notes or they'll be muerto. Mm-hmm. What's muerto mean? Dead. You can tell it's going to be dead because it rhymed in the poem. <laughs> Even though he's translating for Spanish. Like, Even though 
to translate it from Spanish. It rhymed in English. Yeah. Good go mouth. He's, he's skilled. Because, you know. He's got some skills. He's got a future in, like, Spanish translation, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, he could, like, do all those, like, really weird Spanish poems I had to read my senior year. Oh, my God. What are your what are your breasts? There are two heaps of wheat. Yes. And you're like, Cordoba. thanks? Cordoba, lejana y sola. Haka negra, lunas grandes, afsetunas y mis forjas. What is that? Uh, Cordoba, which is the name of the city, like dark and, and, and solitary. Mm-hmm. Dark uh, Black mule, big moon, and olives in my saddlebags. Olives in my saddlebags. I mean, that's not bad, but like, my love, your breasts are two heaps of wheat. I mean, that's, like, positively biblical right there. Heaps of wheat. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, sure. They're like, sure, man. Like, large and brittle and I mean, may- smelling. Maybe they're just, like, two little handfuls of wheat. It's, I mean, it depends what you're into. Like, yeah, I don't know. You can read your own picadillos into that whole situation. Yes. Anyway. So... They're trying to play the court, or Andy gets selected to play the court. She took piano lessons, which he was four. I'm like, who gets four year olds piano lessons? But right, okay, right. Whatever. That's some who. That's a middle class like elitist bullshit right there. Yeah, that's like upper upper class. Yeah, um, and she plays a couple notes, and it kind of lowers this like drawbridge looking thing. But then when she plays a wrong note, part of the floor collapses, and there's like death below. Right, like, more spikes and shit. So the Fratellis are closing in. They have all kinds of hijinks trying right. to... Right. She has to play this bone piano to lower the bridge. Playing the bone piano sounds like a euphemism. Yes, it's the bone piano. Maybe. Uh, Fratellis eventually do kind of catch up. Data has, like, um, like a boxing glove in his belt that he tries to trigger. Right. He has a fanny pack. Like, my fanny pack is just full of, like, sunscreen. Uh, but his fanny pack is full of many inventions. Yeah. None of which work... Sp- perfectly. Perfectly. The slick shoes but being the best. they all kind of work. They work enough. Um, but this boxing glove punches him in the face, which sends him backwards into the room. He bumps into the piano, and it, like, um, plays the wrong note. So now there's, like, just this, like, little ledge around the piano that all the Goonies are holding on to, and the Fratellis are on the other side... And they finally get played the last good set, and they're able to, like, jump on this drawbridge and get down. But what's keeping the Fratellis from jumping on the drawbridge and getting down? I don't really know. I think they is got... It cause, is it because all around the piano had fallen? Yeah, that's part of it. So they have to go the long way around. And something happened that caused them to kind of, like, fall backwards and, like, mm-hmm. have to regroup. So they're, the Goonies are able to slide down these water slides first. Yes. And get to the big lagoon. Where there's a giant 400-year-old pirate ship perfectly preserved. Just floating in the water. Right. The sails still work. They're not just, like, rotted goo. Yeah, the wood is fine. Um, You can see, like, there's different, like, waterfalls falling around it, so it's getting sprayed with water. Mm-hmm. But yet is not full with water. Like, if you pick not up a... Fu- not full of water and not rotted. If you pick up a thimble full of water a day over 400 years, you're sinking. That's a lot of water. Like, I don't understand, but whatever. 
suspension of disbelief. It's right, fine. it was made of teak. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so the crew climbs up as the Fratelli's kind of like round the organ room and they're on their way, so you can tell they're coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Data gets up on the thing and he's like jumping up and down and being kind of like mad mm-hmm. when he falls through and into the cargo hold. Um, and the kids go down to find him. Mikey grabs a sword. Like, everybody's kind of, like, looking around. Right, right. And uh, Steph is like, why Why do you have a sword? Like, what are you doing? Like, do you even know how to use that? Like. Yeah. And then they all start freaking out because they're like, there's no fucking treasure. Like, mm-hmm. you said it was a pirate ship full of treasure. Um, what the hell? Where's all the rich stuff? And you're like, this is just a bunch of old shit. And you're like, that's not what we want. And so they're poking around. Andy finds, like, accidentally knocks off this, like, sand trap thing Mm -hmm. where she knocks the plug out of the, like, hourglass that then rises up as it gets lighter. And then, like, it flops open this trap door. And they're like, oh! Trap door. Trap door. Hidden trap door. That's probably where we need to go. That must be it, you guys. And Mikey gets elected to go up first because nothing has been fatal so far, so might as well. Right. Well, and Mikey's the youngest. Like, they do have... There's two from that family. So, so like... Yeah. Obviously, there's yeah. an heir and a spare. Right. So, like... He's the spare. He's the spare. So, it's the treasure room. It's, like, the captain's quarters. There's a big, long table and all these, like, skeletons sitting around it that have been, like, stabbed and their throats slit and the sword left there... But they've been stabbed through the the eyes or, like, mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy shit. Right. And. But on the table is just, like, bunches of treasure. Yeah. And so Mikey walks up and it's the captain. He's got an eye patch on. He's like, oh, you must be one-eyed Willie. And he has, like, a whole dialogue with Willie. Yeah. He's like, you and me are the same. You know, like, we both, like. People think we're freaks. Pe- yeah. People underestimate us. And I was like, this is a pirate captain who brutally murdered his own, uh... Crew. Crew, because he didn't want to share the treasure. You, ten-year-old, like, deeply relate to him? Super weird. Oh, boy. Do you need some therapy before you find a chat room? And then, like, he kind of was like, we're the same, man. We're You're the first Goonie. And then he hears a noise and turns around and, like... All the rest of the goodies are up there. And he's, like, crying. Also crying. Like. Big emotional moment. Big emotional moment talking to a dead skeleton about, like, how we're all goonies. And he's like, um, say hi to Willie. Willie, this is the gang. And they're like, sure. And he's like, how long have you been there? And Brand's like, let's just say. Long enough, Long enough. And let's figure out what we're doing. So they decide they're just going to, like, steal all the treasure. All right, that's their game plan. That's their game plan. Take as much treasure as they can and leave. But don't take the stuff that's in the, like, there's a scale mm-hmm. in front of Willie. Don't take the stuff in the scale in front of Willie. That's Willie's share. Everything else is fair game. Don't touch that. And I was like, sure, whatever, kid. Like, we can't carry all this anyway, so, like, right. leaving, that's fine. And so they're, like, dumping out their marbles bag, because, of course, they have a marbles bag, because it's the 80s. Right. Shoving it full of gems. They're shoving all their pockets full of stuff. And, um, you know, they're like, what are we going to do? Like, how do we do this? And then it's like, hey, I saw this in Hardy Boy's book. So what we'll do is we'll leave a trail of rubies and jewels going down one cave. We'll go down another cave. Fratellis will fall down, follow that cave. 
and we'll be able to get a head start. And I, all of a sudden, Mama Fratelli's like, sounds like a great plan. Let me know how that works out. And they're like, fuck. We've been, we've been had. We've right. been made. Right. They're there. They have guns. What are we going to do? Yeah. So. The Fratellis make them dump out all of their treasure. Yeah. Including, like, Mouth being very quiet. And they're like. That's not like you. Right, you're the one they call Mouth. Why are you so quiet? And it's because his mouth is full of, like, gems and, like, a giant pearl necklace and, like, all yeah. kinds of shit. Yep. And so the first thing they do um, after they get all the treasure out is they tie Andy's hands together and make her walk the plank. Mm-hmm. And Brand, of course, like, dives in after her right. to save not, her. Not tied up at all. Yeah. And they were like, I guess that's fine. He can save her. Or maybe they'll just die together. Or maybe they'll just die together. So... Uh, and then Steph and and Mouth are about to get chased off the thing together. I mm-hmm. guess they learned. And that's when you hear, hey, you guys. And it is Chunk and Sloth to save the day. Yeah. Our, our kids were like, wait, what's that from? I was like, you know what that's from? And they're like, our oldest was like, is that from the electric company? Because he's seen. <laughs> is it from the electric it company? It is from the electric company. But like. He would have understood. I mean, Sloth, Sloth watched TV all day. Right. Would have watched the original. Electric the original company. Electric Company. They've seen the reboots. But yeah, that's what it was. Um, and they come. The kids scatter while Sloth fights his family. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Brand is like rescuing Andy and like takes her to like a little like, like grotto cove yeah. thing. And instead of untying her hands... Immediately. Like, puts her tied hands over the back of his head. And and, she just kind of smiles coyly. And then they move in for the kiss. Yes. And I'm like, "Mm, that feels wrong. It it does indeed. I mean, like, it could feel right after a lot of conversations and agreements and, like, boundary establishments. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't... I don't think you lead with... That. No, no, that's not where you start. That's not where you start in that program. So, anyway, it ends up that Sloth ends up tying up his brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom tries to sling, sing to Sloth to get him to calm down. She sings "Rockabye Baby." When the bow breaks, the baby will fall, the crater will fall, and down will come baby. And like Sloth freaks the hell out. She's like, "I only dropped it once time. Okay, maybe twice." And he, like... He freaks out and picks her up and throws her in the... Uh, throws her overboard. Oh, throws her overboard, yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's not tied up, so, like, if she can swim, she'll be fine. Well, she does. She comes back up and cuts mm-hmm. down her, her her guys. And as she's cutting down her guys, the Goonies manage to get up on the shore and find a hole, like, with sunlight coming through, which is probably where the bats... Yes. Um, ...would come in and out. And... But there's a big rock... There's a big, well, yeah, there's a big rock block in the way, and Sloth has to, like, lift it up. Mm-hmm. So and hold the, it up while all of them escape. And Chunk has, like, a whole moment of, like, Sloth, I Sloth, love you. Sloth, no! Like, you're my best friend, and I love awesome. you, man! And they're they're getting out. Meanwhile, Ma and the boys find the treasure room, and they're stealing the treasure, and they take Willie's share which sets off its own booby trap because everything's booby trapped. Yes. But what this does is it breaks down the wall and, and it makes floats the ship this, sail. Yeah, pulls anchor the and yeah. off they go. 
and they get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the beach patrol, like some like sheriffs or deputies or whatever, on the beach. And they're like, hey, are, them the, are those them goobers we're looking for? And they're like, yeah, they went there a minute ago. Where the fuck did they come from? They're like, well, they're here now, motherfucker. So they call it in. And immediately, like, all the families arrive, extra law enforcement, the media, everybody's there. I guess this has been... It's been the, the news story. It is a slow news day. I mean, it's a small town. Yeah, it's a small town. Every all, day like, is a snow ten, news day. Ten children are missing. Like, honestly, it would be newsworthy. It would be, like... Well, there's what four Goonies brand mm-hmm. and two girls, so like there's like seven kids. Yeah. So yeah, it would. It'd be notable. It'd be notable. Also, you know, the town's probably keyed up a little bit because there was a high speed pursuit with gunshots. Right, and tomorrow they're gonna foreclose in a bunch of whole homes and bulldoze them. Like, there's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and. All the families arrive, everybody's super happy to see their kids, and, like, none of the kids are in trouble at this point, which, honestly, like... In first blush, you're like, I am so glad you are safe. Like, let's get home, let's get you a meal, let's get you settled, let's get some hugs, and then tomorrow morning, you are fucking grounded. You're fucking grounded for fucking ever. You're never leaving our site. Until you go to college. Yeah, you're not leaving anyone's site anytime soon. Right. Um, also in this, like, Steph and Mouth totally have, like, a little moment of them right. kind of flirtatiously. Right, but, like, Mouth is a lot younger than Steph. Well, and it's, like, I mean, it might be, like, four years, but it's, like, 12 to 16. It's some big years. It's, it's some big, big years. years in there and uh yeah it feels weird um and then andy and brant make out and uh brant's parents are like let her parents worry yeah i'm like mm, nah i think we all need to worry you're like y'all and then the fratelli show up and the police are just like on them instantly mm-hmm. and they're like and chunk's but, like fucking told you so but with sloth and they're like no 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 sloth's a good guy sloth's a good guy like all the like yeah the goonies like surround sloth as a human shield and like no no he's cool like he needs some help but like he's cool yeah all the rest of them do need to go to jail though and chunk instantly is like and sloth you can come leave with me and i'm like i feel like his parents needed a heads right. up like any kind of heads up like hey i met i met this dude he's real cool but he needs some help like there was zero there was zero but like, hey, my my ten year old kid promised uh, this like medically compromised person he could come live in my house. So no, I'm a full time caregiver. Yeah, it seems like that would be a big that's, ask. That's like that's like a family meeting. And then, in the middle of all this, mm-hmm. the lawyers show up and they're like, "Hey, you didn't sign this piece of paper." Yeah. Like, and you're like, I don't know, my child was missing? Like, yeah, other just, fucking priorities. Maybe, just cool, your, maybe just cool your tits. We don't need to, like, demolish on a Sunday. And Mikey's dad's like, you know, <laughs> I'm, a the, Saturday or whatever it is. I'm the richest person in Astoria because I have my family. And the guy's like, no, I'm the richest pre- person in Astoria. Like, fucking Because I literally. have all your family's homes. I have all the money. And they're about to sign... When Rosita finds, like, a whole marble bag full of gems. Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't, no sign, don't, don't sign. Don't and, sign that. And Mouth has to translate. She's like, don't pen, don't write, don't, don't sign, don't sign, don't sign. And she runs up and gives the gems over. Mm-hmm. And Dad rips up the paper and throws them up over his head. He's like, I'm never sending this or any paper ever again. And you're like, I mean, I feel like 
That's a little bit of an outsized reaction. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm sure that this paper is not the only paper like, print up in copy. any of the processes. And so the the media arrives and like, what the fuck just happened? The kids are like, yeah. So we like escaped and we found the Fratellis and they're like, okay, cool. And then we found a pirate ship and treasure and like, it's all awesome. And the cops are like, yeah, knock it off, you morons. Right. Like, and now we have enough treasure to buy all our houses out from under this like you know smarmy uh, corporate guy who was gonna set up a country club. And they're like, yeah. The cops are like, yeah, that's not true at all. And as they're saying that. One-Eyed Willie's pirate ship, like, rolls out, or, mm-hmm. no, roll sails out of the right. cave. of the cave. And they're and like, like, oh, oh shit. shit. You guys were telling the truth. And the Goonies are like, yeah, the credits roll with the right. Goonies are good enough. Okay, there's no denouement no. of, like, hey. And then the uh, museum that the dad worked at, like, got... Uh, all these fucking grants. All these, like, fucking grants and, like, got all this treasure and it, like, traveled the world and, like, whatever. Like, there's no denouement at all. It is just the Goonies are good enough. And that's yeah. it. So, I first off, so I'm not sure of what Washington State's rules are on found treasure. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, there's going to be a finder's fee that charitably the museums or the state would... Mm-hmm. Definitely play well to the kids. Right. Also, like, 12-year-olds can be placated by fucking ice cream. Like, it is not a big ask. Like, I feel like probably... You can, what, you can be like, well, you can go to school for free. Yeah, exactly. That was what I was going to say. I was like, I feel like they would be like, y'all get free scholarships to any state university. And all the kids are like, actually, that's a pretty good damn deal. Mm-hmm. And they're Truth. like... Because 10% of... The fine split seven ways mm-hmm. is not gonna get you where. Right, right. You're not millionaires. You're not millionaires. You, you're you're multi thousandaires. <laughs> now, other things to consider, though. This is the '80s. It is. So, like, it's very possible that the parents had financed that house at like a twenty-seven percent interest rate. But the house itself costs like sixteen thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's basically like buying a used car, right? These right. days, okay. So there might not have been that much equity left in the house to pay off, mm-hmm. or not equity, but liability left in the house to pay off. So maybe there's some stuff there. I still feel like everybody's going to get screwed over as soon as the lawyers show up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because that country cup's full of lawyers, and they're probably like, that ship was on our land, Mm -hmm. therefore that ship is ours, prove me wrong. Right. And then the state would be like, wait, how much do these people pay in taxes? How much do they pay for, like, campaign funds for, like, all of the senator, mm-hmm. state senators and representatives. Right, what do we have and, in their pocket? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we find a favor of the country club. Also, fuck all you, like, poors. Yes. That would have been my that, bet. I mean, that is... Very likely. Very one. consistent with the 80s. Yep. For sure. Ronald Reagan approves. Ronald Reagan does approve. It'll trickle down. <laughs> yeah. But, so what did we learn? Um, these were wild in their like child neglect laws, and also like right, right. everyone just is out here doing their own things. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to get injured or killed because it's fine. Right, consent, 
Doesn't matter. Rape mm. culture is real. It's, yeah. Consent is negligible. Rape culture is... Mm. And to be clear, at least this one is equitable in the lack of consent and aggression in some ways. Slightly. Slightly. I, yes. I mean, yeah, obviously, I, I think Troy has some bigger issues mm-hmm. than Andy does, but Andy is not... Not innocent. Not a pure character in this one. Yeah. Um, Troy is just worse. Um, I don't know. Like the goodies good, are good enough. They're good enough for me. They're good enough for me. Good enough for you. <laughs> um, Cindy Lauper. God like, yes, very fucking very talented. Wrote some great music, and then also wrote this. Got paid for this. Got paid. I don't know if she wrote this. Mm, maybe she did it. Maybe not. Maybe she was just handed this on a scrap of like and napkin. She was like, it was sure, like, man. There's like four words I can sing it. It's fine. It's yeah. You know, it's no girls just want to have fun. Yes, but it'll do. I did see a very recent picture of Sean Astin and uh, Josh, and I was like, whoa. At they t- did well. Time. Uh, it just it keeps on slipping into the future. Mm, like, time oh after my time. goodness, do you look different than <laughs> you looked in the Goonies? Yeah. Sometimes you see old celebrity pictures and you're like, oh, they look the same. And you're like, that's called needles in your face. Yeah. And uh, good so job. I have to hand it to Sean Ashton and Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. They both have aged completely different directions. No. Like, Sean Aston still has, like, very boyish uh, features. But, like, somehow stuck on, like, a, you know, 60-year-old dad bod. Right. But, like, like a boyish charm. Yeah. Like, just looking like he's having a lot of fun. He <laughs> might be part Hobbit. Right. A hundred percent. And then Josh Brolin is like, I have seen shit. Right. Like, it's I... Just all chin and forehead. And you're like... And oh, muscles. Okay. Like, dude is ripped. I mean, yes. I mean, well, alternately, depending on what movie you're watching, <laughs> I guess. Like, when he was in Deadpool and in um, Dune, mm-hmm. like, he's he's got that, like, look of the, like, the old biker guy you see in the bar, and you're yes, like... Yes, yes. I'm uh, not fucking with that dude. So, like, he, he never stopped, like, being an exercise buff and using that, like, springy arm thing. Oh, my gosh. Did you see it was a couple years ago? He dressed up like brand for Halloween. <laughs> in like sweatpants with he shorts sweatpants over shorts. Sweatpants. He he had one of those exercise stretchy things. He had That's the red a... headband around. I did not see that, but like good for him. Yeah, like own it. Fucking and own it. And people like, who are you? <laughs> are you like 80s exercise Ken? I'm so confused. No, I think um I think enough, people knew. Enough of the internet understood that they were like, okay, okay man. He, uh, yeah, he, he, he did a great job of that. I'm showing you the photo right now. Oh my now. God, so funny. It's, it's great. He knew what he was doing. He absolutely did. Um, but it was fantastic. But anyway, on that note. Please parent responsibly. Please parent responsibly. <laughs>